Welcome back to Nerd is the New Cool Podcast. I am Justin. And I'm Josh. What's been going on, man? You know, not too much. Started summer school yesterday. Always the fun time of summer. Huge blues win last night. That was a big, big blues win. I, what's going to be funny is someone's listening to this in a couple years and they're like, that was recorded in June of 2019. Yeah, for sure. You know, and hopefully my beard is not as long. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, getting let, frustrating, but it's a good hope. frustrating. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start here with talking about kind of what are some things we just nerded out on. I'll, I'll, I'll begin. I, I went and saw this musical with my wife a few, a few weeks ago called Come From Away. Have you seen it? I have not. So I just strongly recommend you seeing it and as well as anyone out there. It's about, well, first of all, it's a musical with book music and lyrics by Irene Sankoff. And basically it's, the premise is it's set the week following the September 11th attacks and, and really just tells the true story of 38 planes that were ordered to land unexpectedly in a small town in Gander, which is in Newfoundland, part of Can- Canada. Right? Sound kind of interesting? Yes. Mm-hmm. So basically the whole story is is like these people, is this town that took in these thousands of people um, and, I mean, almost 7,000 stranded travelers. They housed them. They fed them. Almost all the stories are based on true events of people, characters, and such. Um, it came out in Broadway in 2017 and it was nominated for seven Tony Awards. Um, yeah, and it was just freaking great. So go see it. Cool. Is that at the Fox? It was at the Fox, the Fabulous Fox, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so for me, I, I kind of went a little different than normal, too. Um, I'm reading a book. I finished this book. It's called Mission Critical. It is the eighth book in the Gray Man series, written by Mark Greeny. The Gray Man, real name Court Gentry, is the main character. And he's a mysterious assassin who was a former CIA employee. The CIA tried to go after him for a little bit. Now he works for the CIA again. Just the whole series is really good. The missions get bigger and bigger throughout the series. This book in itself was released January 2019. Very good book. Uh, this is the best series I've ever read, and I've read a lot of book series in my life. You just you have a you have a real type of books. Yes, you like Jack Reacher and those kind of. I have those books, and then I have my history books. So right. yeah, I have very different types of books. Well, and then a fun fact: Mark Greeny is a co-writer of seven Jack Ryan novels. He kind of picked up the slack, not the slack, but he took over for. Some of the writers that were writing for Tom Clancy, so he wrote seven of them. Uh, yeah, I was going to also mention Jack Ryan as one of your one of your favorites. Yes, <laughs> maybe not the Tom Cruise rendition, but definitely yeah. the the novels, right? Jack Reacher, that would be. Oh, right, you're right. Yeah, Jack Ryan is. So Tom uh, Cruise never played Jack Ryan. No, as far Harrison as I know. Ford. Harrison Ford. John Krasinski's pretty good too. Yeah, Alec Baldwin was good. My dad, my yeah. dad was listening because I think Alec Baldwin's the best one. Really? So who's your favorite? You know, I I like Harrison Ford, but. John uh, Krasinski's really, he really played him well, I thought, last year. You didn't think Ben Affleck was the best one? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like Krasinski a ben lot. Ben Affleck's, I like the guy, but as Jack Ryan, no, and as Batman, no. Yeah, well. Future podcast. Yeah, no kidding. So let's get into it. We got a pretty exciting one, um, and hopefully pretty timely. We are going to break down the final season of Game of Thrones. It's the one you have all been waiting for, I think. Yeah, so, so what we're going to do is we're going to basically give a summary of each episode, give you some nerd facts, behind-the-scenes stuff, and then we're going to give you our opinions about each episode and then overall thoughts on the final season. Yeah, and I think we have some pretty differing opinions, so this could be an exciting podcast. Yeah, we definitely have some different opinions. So Yeah, so um, let's start with the first episode of the season, Winterfell, which premiered on April 14th, 2019. Starts out... John and Daenerys are riding into Winterfell with their army. 
Arya sees the Hound, but then she gets excited because she sees Gendry. The whole time Sansa is on the ramparts. John greets Bran and Sansa. Arya's not there. He kind of wonders where she is. We see an introduction between Daenerys and Sansa and other nobles. Meanwhile, in the background, Bran is like, hey, we're all going to die, probably, um, just so you know. Lady Mormont at a war council is kind of upset with John that he gave up his crown. We also see Tyrion meeting Sansa for the first time since season four in Joffrey's wedding. She makes fun of him for trusting Cer- Cersei. Finally, in a much-weighted reunion, one of my favorite reunions, John and Arya meet by the Red Tree. They hug, and he sees Needle, which I thought was just so cool. Just a lot of reunions, basically, yes. at the beginning of the episode. Meanwhile, back in King's Landing, you've got Kyburn telling Cersei, hey, the dead have come through the wall, and they're about to kill everyone. And she replies in her typical condescending Cersei way, which is uh, good. Euron's there, got y- Yara tied up, if you recall. Uh, she was captured at the end of the previous season. Um, and then, you know, Euron essentially eventually goes and hooks up with uh, with Cersei, right? Uh, meanwhile, you've got this whole Golden Company showing up, and they're kind of pretty much like reinforcements for uh, King's Landing. 18,000 men, 2,000 horses, no elephants, which they talk about. For, yeah, Cersei was upset. Yeah, that's a thing, apparently. Um Bronn is, you know, doing Bronn things with the ladies of the night, and Kyburn says, hey, go kill Jamie and Tyrion, gives him a crossbow, and uh, kind of, then you cut kind of later on that day, I guess, and Theon shows up to, to rescue and save Yara, sends Yara back to the Iron Islands, and Theon goes back to help the Starks. Yeah, and meanwhile, back in uh, Winterfell, we see Jon and D- Danny riding dragons together. Arya is... <laughs> asking Gendry to make her a special weapon that will come into play. Then, in kind of like a heartbreaking scene, Jorah and Daenerys are meeting with Sam, Tarly. Daenerys breaks the news to him that, hey, I kind of killed your your dad and brother because they wouldn't have been the need to me. I, I lit them on fire. Then Bran sees Samwell after he comes out, tells Samwell, hey, it's time to tell Jon about who he is. Sam tells him who he is, that his real name is Aegon Targaryen. And his mother was Lyanna Stark, and his father was Rhaegar Targaryen, and that Ned had protected him for all these years. Yeah, and that was kind of—I mean—that was a pretty big reveal, at least to yeah to I mean to, to him. Uh, to we him. all knew, yeah, that yeah, already. right, right. Yeah, and then so then the episode ends. You see a group of men, including Umber, Tormund, Beric Dondarrion. They go to House Umber. They see the Lord Umber nailed to the wall in a spiral pattern that we never really figure out well no opinions right now sorry and then Barrack torches the boys he screams finally jamie enters winterfell alone because he broke from Circe. and in the very ironic part he sees bran right so let me give you some uh like kind of behind the scenes uh uh nerd facts about episode one um, first of all, it's a real throwback to the first season when Baratheon's you know procession marches into Winterfell, which is basically what's happening here. You've got the Starks, you've got um, uh, uh, Danny and, and, and the whole Targaryen horde, etc. Um, they're marching into Winterfell, so it's got a lot of feeling. Kind of mm-hmm. throwback to that, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and then just a couple funny things about HBO: they changed their social media platforms from home box office to house box office, kind of as a homage to Thrones. Mm-hmm. And then secrecy around the season was so tight that for the first time in the show, even the title of the first episode wasn't revealed until after it aired. Just really keeping things tight. 
Yeah, so a little bit about that dragon riding scene. Kit Harrington actually had got one of his uh, testicles caught in the mechanical dragon, and here's his quote. In my head, I thought, this is how it ends, swinging by my testicles, <laughs> which is, you know, kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of also a little bit something new for this season. The entire opening sequence was changed. So in the past, you would see this intricate astrolabe decorated with murals kind of going around Westeros and Essos. Um, but in this one, it really just kind of starts off with the with the uh, you know, with the breaching of the wall. Then you've got um, different areas of Westeros, and then eventually it ends up in the catacombs of Winterfell, and then in King's Landing at the throne. So it's kind of like a what's going to happen, I guess, in this this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then in Game of Thrones, the King's Road, which is in 2011, first season, as John is departing Winterfell, he asks Ned about his mother. Ned replies, "The next time we see each other, we'll talk about your mother. I promise." And in this episode. All the way up in season eight, episode one, John looks upon Ned's statue in the crypt beneath Winterfell, and at that moment, Sam arrives to answer John's question. Yeah, and this episode had just so many firsts. Um, it's the first time Jamie meets Bran since he was pushed out of the window in basically the first episode of the series. First time, yeah. First time Arya and Gendry share a scene um, since the climb, which is in 2013. First time Arya and the Hound run into each other since the children in 2014 and it's the first time Tyrion and Sansa have interacted since the line in the rose in 2014 and it's actually the first time they've appeared together in a scene since the breaker of change which is also in 2014 hmm. so a lot of firsts there a lot of yeah. a lot of new you know re people meeting each other again i guess not really first but you know yeah. first time in a while things so let's get down to uh the opinions of this show of this episode I- i'll start <sighs> yeah so I, I thought this one was just a, a builder, kind of setting things up, getting people where they need to be. So I, I didn't have any problem with this episode. As a, I, I feel like it would have been better in a ten episode season. You know, I think I think this was a good Thrones episode because there's a lot of interaction, there was some character building, and it's kind of what Game of Thrones made its name on as a character building. It would have been great in a ten episode season. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I liked the interactions. I always liked the dialogue. In fact, if you look back at the previous series episodes, really the seasons, the best ones don't have these epic battles and all of this. I mean, there's always like bickering and squabbling, but it's not, you know, these epic 90 minute long battle scenes, right? But th- I just thought there were some pretty silly and corny things throughout the episode. I, I thought the dragon riding was dumb. I, you're I not a romance guy, though. You're just not a romance guy. I don't you know, think it's romantic. that's. I didn't mind that they ended and they kiss. Kind of that, that's that's kind of a fun part. I I don't think it's romantic that John's like being tossed cartoonishly around on the <laughs> dragon. That was just stupid. If Thrones, it did get a little cartoony in the last season or two. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The other thing about all these confrontations, or I should say, all these interactions, I thought it built a lot of unnecessary drama. And I guess that's also what Game of Thrones does, but it just seemed very. It seemed very forced. Like, all of a sudden, Sansa hates Daenerys, and they just met, and everyone's just skeptical of each other, even though we're supposed to be getting together. And it just seemed kind of, like I said, really, I don't know, blown out of proportion. And I guess you have to do that to rush it, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't like it, that. It was a rushed season, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later, too. So one other thing I want to say that I thought was just completely ridiculous was Danny shows up and is very apologetic to Sam for having killed his dad and his brother. And all of a sudden, Sam's, like, super sad. Like, he loves his dad. He never liked his dad in the first place. And maybe he was sad about his brother being killed. 
But what a hypocrite for Danny to be super mad about that. And then late in the next episode, we see Danny being, oh, my gosh, Jamie, you killed. Yeah. My father. Who was so, about to murder the entire right, like, population. What, an hip, what a hypocrite. And it just shows, like, I thought that was just also lazy writing. Mm-hmm. It was just lazy. It didn't make any sense to me. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I think you've got a point. I also think that she's kind of got a little bit of that mad queen in her already. So she doesn't really, you know, she wants him to bow. And she lights him on fire. Yeah, but you can't so, just basically say, oh, she's the Mad Queen's daughter. Like, that lets her get away with being kind of irrational and stupid. I mean, just really just stupid. Yeah. I got to watch what I say here. Let's just move on. I don't want to get uh, in trouble with my wife. So Why? 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 You're, I think you're, this is the time to vent and to <laughs> to share your thoughts. That's what the audience wants. They yeah. want to hear us get fired up. I'm, fire, I'm very fired up. You are up. fired I'm going to get really more Let, fired up. Let's move on to some other episodes here. All right. So, so we can get into that. We're going to get into episode two, which is called Night of the Seven Kingdoms came out on April 21st, 2019. So really a quick summary at the beginning. Jamie, like I said, is being brought to trial by Danny because she's mad that this guy killed her, her, you know, her dad, mm-hmm. the king, and he, you know, named the, the, the king slayer and all this stuff. And Cersei reneged on bringing, you know, 20,000 mercenaries never showed up because of course that's Jamie's fault. Um, yeah. Bran does say something which was kind of clever. He makes a quote that says, things we do for love, which is the line that Jamie used when he pushed Bran out of the tower in season one, episode one. Brienne stands up for Jamie and basically gets him off for the most part, like says, okay, you know, you she, or he helped save Sansa. So Daenerys essentially says, okay, I'm going to let Jamie live. Thank you very much. He bows to her, all that, all that jazz. Uh, Danny is of course, angry with Tyrion. Um, for this whole exchange. Right? Yeah. For trusting Cersei, I guess. Yeah, so then we move to Gendry and other blacksmiths working. Arya comes to see him to get an update on her her weapon. Mm-hmm. And he says he has fought whites. He says, look, it's going to be bad. Arya kind of laughs at him because she's like, I'm like a trained assassin now. You <laughs> know, we see Jamie visiting Bran by the Red Tree. He apologizes, but then ironically for the end of the season, Bran is like, I'm no longer Brandon Stark, which is kind of frustrating when you get to the end of the season, which we'll get to a little bit later. But yeah, he's acting like he's just this guy, the three eyed Raven. We'll get to that later, but that's a little frustrating part. He knows that they need Jamie to fight the dead. Jorah comes and sees Danny says he's upset that she named Tyrion hand over him. But then he also goes and says, Hey, forgive Tyrion and go kind of play to Sansa's strengths a little bit, that they're both women, and talking about the North. Then Davos interrupts them to come and see what's going on. Yeah, so then a few people show up to Winterfell. Theon shows up. Yara's free in the Iron Islands. Sansa gives him a hug. Ed, Beric, and Tormund arrive and, and give Jon a hug. Lots of hugs. Let, let her, you know, people are reuniting. And they say, hey, listen, the dead have broken through House Umber. And the Night King's going to be there basically tomorrow, the next day. Which then Bran says, look, he's after me. So I am marked in my arm. He's touched me. I will be the bait. And for whatever reason, he wants Theon to protect him. Theon says, I'm going to protect you. If that's me, I'm like, no, thank you. Um, but that's a different story. They're going to guard Bran. Tyrion wants to be out in the fight. Daenerys will not let him be out the fight, be out in the fight. And Tyrion wants to go talk to Bran about hearing his story, which is some foreshadowing for later on in the season. Yeah. So Jamie and Tyrion are, you know, sitting by. Basically, they're all just sitting around having drinks and reminiscing and telling stories. And 
Tormund talks about why his name is Giant Spain because he he killed a giant and suckled from the teat of the giant's wife, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, Tormund's just a great He's character. He's the best character. Then we see Arya reunite with the Hound, and she taunts him a little bit by reminding her he fought for her before. We see Beric joining them, and then the Hound is such a great character. He threatens to throw Beric over the wall if he starts preaching. Arya then goes down to Gendry, who has finished with her, her weapon, and she wants to lose her virginity to him, and they, she does. That's a big part of the episode is that that with Arya. Sure. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the crew is back having some drinks, some more drinks. Brienne is sad because she's not a knight, and Jamie says, I'll knight you. Yeah, I like that part. That was kind of fun. Everyone applauds. Yada, yada. Sir Brienne of Tarth now. Yeah, and then we see John and Danny in the crypt by the Lyanna Stark Memorial. John decides to tell her that, hey, my parents are Targaryen, Aegon Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. And Danny kind of gives him a look, and as soon as they're going to say something, they hear the horn that the Night King and his army are there. Right. So that's kind of the end of the episode, right before the big battle. A couple nerd things. Uh, first off, this episode takes place entirely in Winterfell. And it's actually the third single episode, single location episode, including Blackwater, and that takes place entirely in King's Landing, and The Watchers on the Wall, which takes place My all-time favorite that's Game a, of Thrones episode. That's a great episode in 2014 called, or At the Wall. Maisie Williams, who plays Arya, performed all of her nude scenes in this episode, which was a little controversial, I guess, and then a lot of fans were very discomforted, and they mentioned that, of course, Twitter, you know, Everyone takes to the to the Twitter, to the internet, um, to say things and to see a former child star in such an adult adult context. And Maisie basically was like, "Listen, it probably made her parents and siblings even more uncomfortable, but that's what an actress does." So I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, uh, and then this is the first time that two members of House Mormont share a scene: Jorah and Lyanna. And in the scene, Jorah says, "You are the future of our house." And this is the third episode of the series with no deaths of any kind, including off-screen and flashbacks following Game of Thrones, Lord Snow, 2011, and Game of Thrones, The Bear and the Maiden Fair, 2013. Yeah, and it's actually the only episode to not introduce any named or speaking characters, and the last episode, sorry everyone, where there will be no nudity. Yeah, I think that's kind of what... Or where there will be nudity. Yeah, kind of what Game of Thrones was famous for. Well... And it's also the first time Tyrion and Bran have interacted since Game of Thrones, Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things in 2011. All right, so what are your thoughts on on episode two? You know, again, I really liked this episode. You had that dialogue. I liked the knighting scene. I thought the end with with Podrick singing the song, an ode to the books, you know, I, I thought it was good. I thought it set up well. I, I, I think the ending was cool. It really, I could not tell you how excited I was for the next episode when you see the Night King waiting there. Right. And this is actually probably my favorite episode. Of, this is my favorite episode of the season. I thought the dialogue was great. Tormund obviously adds levity and comedy to every scene he's in. I, I did think that there's a lot of scenes in this, fil- in this season or this episode. For example, like the conversation with Bran and Tyrion that I thought was gonna, were going to pay dividends and didn't. Yeah, I think that's kind of a problem with the whole season. A lot of hindsight, I guess, going on here after the end of the season or the series, really. And I just thought Danny was just really a whiny, crabby person. Like, yeah. she's just almost like trying to pick fights with people. Mm-hmm. Why is Sansa 
mad at me or, or disrespecting me? You know, why isn't Jamie bending the knee and I can just kill you whenever I want? And I don't know. It was just kind of, for me, she was very petty. Yeah, and I think, again, you're seeing kind of they're trying to show you that descent into her, like, her mindset of she's crazy and she's yeah. going crazy. It just seemed very forced and I don't know. Yeah. We'll see how this plays out the rest of the of the season. Yeah. So let's get into uh, the next episode. Justin, you want to introduce Yeah. That? So episode three is called The Long Night. came out on April 28th, 2019. And really, this is just the big battle. So the whole beginning part of the episode is Sam's out there, real nervous. He's joined the troops. Tyrion's watching from afar. Theon takes Bran um, to the tree. Davos is with Sansa. I mean, basically, everyone's just gearing up to begin this this large battle, right? Yeah, and then we see Melisandre showing up, and she lights all of the Dothraki swords on fire by saying, um, well, she lights them on, and then she says to the Grey Worm, Valor Magurlis, I said that wrong, Davos rushes to see her because he hates her, but she tells him not to kill me because I'll be dead by morning. And then the Dothraki ride in the darkest, screaming their war cries, and... Um, John and Danny are watching the tiny mass of flames move north. Yeah, so it looks like almost all the Dothraki die. Yeah, and then they show up later. Well, we'll get to that yes. in a little bit. And then Arya, you know, because of because of all the all the uh, Dothraki dying, or almost all of them, including what we thought was Ghost, the dragons basically take action and, and kind of break from what the plan was, and they start the dragons start flaming the whites, kind of going back and forth and killing everyone. Meanwhile, on the ground, Ed saves Sam, but then Ed gets killed. I was, I was, this is probably the saddest death for me in this episode. Yeah, Ed dying was sad. Yes. Yeah. So then Melisandre makes her way to a trench because it's starting to get overrun by the whites. She is able to light the trench on fire after some drama. And then the, it's a pretty cool scene. You see the castle and the trench around the castle erupting in the flames. Then we see Theon apologizing to Bran who then goes into a trance to basically get away from Theon, I think. It's funny. Right. Then he's in a flock of blackbirds, and he flies to approach the Night King, who is riding his dragon. Right, so this is the first time we see the Night King, really this season, I believe. Yeah. And so there he is. He's on the dragon. Meanwhile, on the ground, the giant white breaks through the gate, starts killing a bunch of people. Lyanna Mormont, though, comes to the rescue and ends up stabbing the white in, in an eye, or in the eye, and then gets crushed herself, so she dies. This is my second uh, saddest death. That was pretty sad. Yeah. yeah. I liked her. In the sky, John and Danny are flying above the storm. The Night King attacks him from below while we're getting the blue flames. John and Danny barely evade and regroup. And then it kind of cuts to Arya hiding exhausted in a library with rows of bookshelves. Yeah, and so there's this whole chase thing going on, and eventually Beric saves or sacrifices himself to kill or so that Arya can survive, and the Hound also helps as well. So kind of they both essentially save Arya, but Beric ends up dying here as a result. Yeah, and then John and the Night King and their dragons get into a fight, and the Night King has a spear, but he falls off the dragon, and John continues to fight the blue dragon, but his beast gets tired and dies to the ground, and John is thrown off at the last minute. Right, so Danny says, oh, great, this is perfect. I'm going to light the Night King on fire. Yells out Jakaris like she does, and nothing happens to him. John starts advancing after him as well, and the Night King raises all of the dead around him, similar to Hardhome, and so John can't get through. He's just surrounded by whites. Yeah, and so then, in the least shocking development ever, in the crypts, the dead in the crypts begin to rise. 
Theon and his men are defending Bran. John fights for survival. Danny is flaming attackers. Then whites climb onto Danny's dragon, weighing it down, and it struggles to fly, and she is knocked off while her dragon is covered with whites. Yeah, so this is kind of like the the most climactic scene. Everyone's being beaten down. Jamie and Brian are about to get killed. Bran is being almost is being approached by the Night King. Jorah is mortally wounded. Theon gets killed by the Night King. So everything's going bad. The the blue the blue uh, the or the uh, the dragon is with the blue flames is is basically beaten down. John, yeah, yeah. And so as the Night King is attempting to kill Bran, Arya comes leaping from behind him. He turns, he grabs her. You think, oh, she's going to die. She drops a dagger into her hand and stabs him in the stomach. When he dies, everybody else die. All the whites die. The battle is over. Arya smiles at Bran. Danny weeps over Jorah. She's, we see her dragon land behind her. And then we witness Melisandre walking off into the sunset, quote-unquote sunset, and dying as Davos watches on with approval. Yeah, he takes, she takes off her necklace and, yeah. and, he, and she and she's dies. like 9,000 years old again. So. Right. So just so th- some things about behind this episode. This episode actually took 55 nights to film, and they, they haven't even released how many days it shot, which is just crazy. Roughly 750 cast and crew members. And a lot of the actors essentially said this is the hardest thing they've ever filmed, which makes sense. I'm sure that was pretty awful. Mm-hmm. The, you know, there's also a 40-minute... Uh, a so a lot of this is actually based off of Lord of the Rings of Two Towers, which is kind of cool because that's one of my favorite, like, great battle movie. scenes yes, for sure. great battle. So a lot of that was based on... And if you watch the episode, that you can tell there's a lot of influence going on there. Yeah, and then so then we see Sansa says to Arya that she doesn't know how to use the knife, and Arya responds saying, stick them with the pointy end, which is the exact conversation John and Arya have when John gives her needle in season one before he leaves to Castle Black. And because of this episode and the events in this episode, House Mormont is extinct. Jorah and Lyanna were the last surviving members of the house, died defending others, honoring their house words, here I stand with their deaths. Right, and so the, the, the dagger that actually Arya used to kill the Night King was the same Valerian steel dagger that the cat's paw assassin was used to attempt to kill Bran in the King's Row in 2011, which was right at the very beginning of the, fil- or the, of the series. And then finally, despite being one of the series' main antagonists, the Night King lives and dies without ever, well, I guess you could say live loosely, but he never says a word throughout the entire series. Yeah, so I'll start with opinions on this one. First, I do have to say the score at the end of the episode was phenomenal. Maybe my my favorite score of all time, just the music was great. It's my writing music for my papers that I have to write. So yeah, I'll get that out of the way. No, no, I think the music the music was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but in general, I, I thought it was a fantastic episode. I think it was so rushed. And, you know, the Night King is built up for seven seasons as this crazy villain. And, and again, I have no problem with Arya being the one to kill him. Um, I, I question a little bit then what was the point of Hardhome in season five when John and the Night King kind of square off and he raises his hands at him. You know, I guess they wanted to surprise us a little bit. So, overall, I thought it was a great battle scene. It was hard to see a little bit. That's been covered ad nauseum. But... Yeah, it, and that was fine. I think that sets the tone. I thought the way that it looked visually was yeah. amazing. Like they obviously yeah. put a ton of time and resources yeah. into filming this. And so, from a battle perspective, it was fantastic. Storyline, yeah. very stupid. 
it, it's frustrating when you see because I love it's kind of like a catch twenty. I love the episode as a standalone. Like if that's a movie, that's an awesome movie. You know what I'm saying? But as part of an eight season show that's been building up, it's kind of a letdown. And and I think so many more characters would have died. Ghost is completely wasted at the beginning. The Dothraki, who just had from strategy purposes, who just has like. Your best warriors just ride off into the darkness. What's the point? Right. Why are they out there in the first place? Why are they outside the walls? Why do they just rush into the darkness? Why are their swords lit in the first place just to show that they can all get extinguished? That that was all that happened there. Yeah. That was just a corny, yeah, and that was corny way a, to say, hey, look, how, what's, some, what's a cool thing yeah. that we can show you on screen? But it didn't make any freaking sense. Why, yeah. why is Sam outside? He should be in the crypts too. Yeah. He's not a warrior, right? He, Ed dies because of him. I, the, I, I just can't go into it. I mean, there's actually, they say, I don't know how many times that Winterfell could hold, 500 men could hold against 10,000 men. Why are they outside? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Get all your men up on the parapet. It is the, the worst strategic, I mean, battle scene I've ever seen in my entire life. It just, Which was a calling card of the series, as John was not a very good strategy guy. I mean, you see that in Battle of the Bastards in season six when... He decides to charge the much greater force and get his men surrounded. Yeah, but that's why they've got other people. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me that somebody else wouldn't say, hey, maybe don't put everyone outside. You yeah, know, like I keep- said, I really, as a standalone, like if it was a movie, or so, I thought it was a great individual episode, but in the terms of overall, overall part of the show, it's a frustrating episode because the Night King's just dead. Yeah, you've been building up. That's that's my main issue. Well, I have a lot of issues with this episode, but as far as stories telling is concerned, you've been building up this main antagonist for at the time seventy episodes, right? And now we're going to kill this guy off and make basically taking back King's Landing as the as the main thing. Like Cersei's the big bad, and Which, then it becomes someone else. Like it didn't make any sense to me. This is the bad guy that you've been building up to, and you've got these spiral drawings and these mysteries even in this season and they just completely ignore that they don't reference it at all mm-hmm. Arya swoops in like a ninja and kills which again I'm fine with that but it just you took all of the it's rushed it's all the story writing you've done for the previous seven season, seasons and they just throw it out the window I, I feel like in my opinion and we'll get to the overall opinions later but I have no problem with them ending the series as a battle for the Iron Throne I think that it should have been the Night King should have been a season, and then you should have spent a whole season in trying to take back King's Landing in the Iron Throne. If you're going to do it that way, because... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wholeheartedly disagree, only because they have all this mystical elements throughout the entire series, and they just basically ignore them. In the last season, all that stuff doesn't mean anything at all. And I, and I think this episode is, for me, like basically was the beginning of the end as far as where the rest of the season. I think if this had been the last episode or the second to last episode, we may have had a different perspective of, of how people view this last season. But again, the episode looked great, but I, I, why does Melisandre have to die? That seems just pretty unnecessary. Why does she have to say things like, you're going to kill many people, people with brown eyes, green eyes, even blue eyes. It was just such ridiculous writing. Like as soon as she, maybe I'm the only person who picked that up, but I guarantee I'm not. Well, that was a prophecy she also made back way back in season three. Yeah, but three. she like like emphasized blue eyes. Who else has blue eyes? Obviously the Night King. Like yeah. Well, that, when she said that, you knew who was going to kill yeah, the Night King. Just terrible writing, unnecessary to do. I preferred to see, and I know maybe this is corny of me. I preferred to see a John versus the Night King square off. 
I think a big battle scene because that's kind of what had been built up. Like you have John versus the Night King. Like that's why John was brought back from the dead. Yeah, you got the, was to fight the Night King. Azora's eye. Yeah, is not and, even referenced. It doesn't even come up. Yeah. Again. So what's the point of bringing him back? Um, I'm excited that if George R. R. Martin ever actually finishes the books, to see what he does with it. Well, and I, yeah, apparently, I mean, we'll we'll talk about that later. What his perspective is on this? Yeah. Last season. So let's jump into uh, episode four. Yeah. So episode four is called The Last of the Starks. It premiered on May 5th, 2019. Starts out with large funeral pyres of all the dead outside Winterfell. Sansa grieves over Theon. Daenerys kisses Jorah. Jon makes a short speech honoring the fallen, and then they will burn all the bodies on fire. Then at a wake, we also see the ghost is still alive. Yeah. Which. Again, how did that happen? We don't know. But at a wake afterwards, the living share food and drinks. Daenerys singles out Gendry and publicly confirms he's a Baratheon heir, and she makes him Lord of Storm's End. So a pretty good ending for Gendry right there. Yeah, it worked out for Gendry. That was pretty cool. Meanwhile, Tyrion, Brienne, Brienne, Jamie, they're all having drinks, having a good time. Uh, Tormund's trying to hook up with Brienne, and she, of course, you know, says, get out of here. I got eyes for someone else. Yeah. Yeah, and then so Gendry finds Arya practicing archery. He proposes to her. She kisses him and says, thanks, but no thanks. And he's heartbroken. And then we also see Brienne and Jamie get together, and they end up making love and getting together, which is kind of a cool storyline after five seasons of that, which we'll talk about that later as well. Yeah, sure. Um, so another advance. Danny's trying to get with uh, her nephew. Awkward. John, Awkward. which is fine. That's how the Targaryens did it. But John, of course, says no. We need to talk about what's going on, and she's very angry about that because his secret's going to get out. And meanwhile, the Starks get together and basically says, "Hey, listen, we're we're behind you, John. Let's not forget that the Dragon Queen is daughter of the Mad King." Yeah, yeah. And then so we see Jamie and Tyrion having a drink, and Bronn enters. And he's brandishing the crossbow. It says, I would kill you, but I think you're going to beat your sister. What's in it for me? Which, is there a better character on the whole show? Maybe the Hound, but Bronn is just such a cool character. Yeah. Um, Tormund is the best character. Tormund is a great character Bronn's as well. probably second. And then we see the Hound riding off alone with Arya joining him. And then in a frustrating scene, Tormund saying farewell to Jon. He's going to take the Free Folk back to Castle Black. Jon tells him to take Ghost. John does not say goodbye to Ghost. He just gives a head nod. I wanted to punch a wall at this moment when I was watching it. We also find out that Sam um, and Gilly are pregnant, which is cool for Sam. And then he just, like I said, John just walks by Ghost. The ships drop anchor, and then all of a sudden we're at Dragonstone flying around, and Danny's dragon is killed as Euron attacks him with the scorpion. Yeah, those giant crossbows. Missandei is missing. Grey Worm's all freaking out. Meanwhile, back in Winterfell, Jamie says, hey, I got to go. I love my sister. Brienne's crying. Yeah, and then we see Danny in front of King's Landing. Cersei has the mountain decapitate Missandei, and the episode cuts to black. Right. Yeah. yeah. So just a few nerd facts about this. I think I'm sure if you've read anything online, there was a coffee cup that was left out. That's been a huge thing. And by the next day, it was kind of washed out of there. So no more coffee cup. 
You can still find pictures of it, though, for sure. Yeah, and then moving on, the first time that there's any direct interaction between Sansa and Sander the Hound Clegane since 2012. And just before the post-battle funeral begins, Sansa places a Stark pin on Theon's chest plate, honoring Jon's words from Season 7, You are a Greyjoy, and you're a Stark. Right, that's pretty cool. David uh, Benoit and D.B. Weiss, the executive producers, actually have a scene when they're toasting with Torment during the banquet. You know, a lot of a lot of fans were pretty pissed, like you mentioned, about them not saying goodbye to ghosts. And apparently the director said, David Nutter said, it would have required CGI to animate John and his direwolf together. And because the visual effects budget was already elsewhere, they decided just to not have it happen. Yeah. And then Missandei's final word, Dracarius, is for Daenerys, telling her to burn the keep down. The scene parallels Daenerys' talk with Olena Tyrell in Game of Thrones' Stormborn, where the latter tells her... You're a dragon. Be a dragon. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of callbacks, including the Gendry proposing to Arya, which is kind of a, a callback to Baratheon telling Ned, we got to have our two houses join. At the time, you're thinking, oh, this might be Sansa or Arya and Joffrey, but instead, or I'm sorry, Sansa and Joffrey, but instead it, being, it ends up being Gendry and Arya, which is, you know, a different twist on that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what is your opinion on the episode? I think this episode is stupid <laughs> in so many different ways. Let's just go through them. First of all, I think that Jamie leaving and going back to Cersei just shows how little he grew as a character. I, I, I guess that's that's number one. What do you think about that? Yeah, they did destroy his whole character arc, which was frustrating to me. I, I, I enjoyed the episode. Um, like I said, I get frustrated with certain parts, but I, I thought that you're kind of moving towards a conclusion – I was a little surprised that Daenerys would not think to be on the lookout for ships when she's flying into Dragonstone. That it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, yeah. A couple, thing, couple reasons. Number one, that all of a sudden this thing can kill a dragon. And they talk about how dragons cannot be injured. And so let's just ignore that. The, the tac, the, how tactless... I mean, how do you not see this entire fleet of ships? You just came around a mountain. I mean, they were flying in the sky... And then all of a sudden, a giant fleet's there, and, and, and one of the one of the dragons is dead. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I thought it was super lazy, and it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me, especially when we see what happens next episode, which goes to show you that they just wanted to get rid of one of the dragons, and all of a sudden, make it look like this King's Landing army is actually going to be a battle. And in reality, it, it's not going to be. But again, let's fabricate and add some more drama in there unnecessarily. Yeah, I, I like the ending. I thought that was a cool way to end the episode with the mountain. Um, yeah, but how is Masande captured? She just is all that, of a sudden. That's the thing. You get frustrated because yeah, you don't know how that happens. I, I just miraculously, she's captured again. Oh, we ran out of time. Yeah, my again, my big thing is the frustration is the season was so rushed. Yeah, but that doesn't give an excuse to be garbage. Yeah, which is what it is in my opinion. <laughs> Masande is complete is captured again. I didn't mind that she was decapitated. That was fine. And I guess it leads to what's going to happen in the next two episodes. But, yeah. Yeah. So, let's, I could keep uh, going. We, we, we're we running out of time. So, let's yes. move on to episode five. Yeah. So, the bells. May 12th, 2019. We see Tyrion watching Jon Snow arrive at Dragonstone. Varys is on the beach. He had sold out. Or tried. I shouldn't say sold He was trying to go against Danny's orders. Tyrion tells Danny. And then Danny proceeds to burn the crap out of 
Varus. After Tyrion says, it was me that sold you out. Right. So then we're now we're in King's Landing and Tyrion says, Danny, hey, listen, they're innocent. They're being held hostage. So let's just make sure we try not to kill all this, all the civilians. And then he goes and lets Jamie free, which is fine. Yeah. And so then the next day we see the Iron Fleet preparing their weapons. Lannister men are on the walls. Again, the Golden Company is out in front of the walls, which, again, tactically is confusing. We also see Jamie after having been freed from captivity from Daenerys, going into the main gate in a cloak. Euron's pacing. He senses something looks into the sun. The dragon evades the defensive weapons and the scorpions and destroys the entire Golden Company, which, well, we'll get to that later. Okay. Right. So the whole Golden Company is dead. Yeah. Lannister army then surrenders because they see the dragon. Danny's up top. I think Amelia Clark did a great job at this point with her facial reaction of being the conflict. She decides to then go ahead and burn the crap out of King's Landing. Well, we should make sure we mention that Tyrion said, if you hear bells... That's right. That yes. means that they're surrendering. Yeah, so she hears the bells. You see her internal conflict. Burns everybody. Grey Worm picks up his spear, launches it at Lannister army, and it's on. Yeah, everyone starts fighting again. Or for the first time, I guess. Jamie shows up, runs in Euron. They battle. Jamie gets stabbed. Euron dies. The Hound and Arya are now at the castle, but the Hound says, hey, listen, you don't want to be like me and just go for uh, revenge. So just stop this whole thing you've been doing your entire uh, the entire series to get revenge on Cersei. I'll take it from here. Runs into the ma- the Hound. I'm sorry, the Mountain. The Mountain and the Hound have the Clegane Bull, basically. And meanwhile, the Mountain kills Kyburn uh, because... Great way for him to go. Yeah, it's it was hilarious. kind of funny. He just smashes his head in because he tells him to protect his queen and not fight the Hound. And then they battle. Eventually, the hound tackles the mountain after having his eyes gouged out through a wall into the abyss slash fire. Yeah, and then just to end the episode, John sees some buildings explode with the green fire. He sheathes his sword and calls for him to pull back. Jamie and Cersei make it to the lowest level, but their way to the beach is blocked by rubble. The roof collapses on them. They die. Then we see uh, the whole episode, Arya has been, like, avoiding multiple, like, oh, she's going to die now, doesn't die. She survives. She gets on a white horse. Some sim- symbology there. Symbolism. Symbolism. That was a Boondock Saints joke, Symbolism, if you didn't yeah. pick that one up. Yeah, it was good. So, and then she leaves on the white horse. Right. So, just a few nerd facts. They, they actually filmed multiple scenes with John and uh, Danny. Because they wanted to make sure there weren't any leaks, and they wanted to make sure that no paparazzi were spreading essentially what's going to happen. Yeah, and then Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers makes a cameo in this episode, and it was the 50th episode written by show creators David Benoit and D.B. Weiss. Right, and then Kyburn is actually the sixth consecutive hand of the Iron Throne to have been murdered, which makes sense, right? Yeah. funny. Yeah, so let's get your opinions on this episode. Oh, man, I could just go on and on forever. So all of a sudden, after the dragon gets murdered in the previous episode, now the dragon is able to essentially subtravert and avoid every single one of these, you know, bow and arrows or whatever what they're called again. Scorpions. Scorpions, right? So I guess he figured it out. So he's just going to not die and kill everyone else, which is, which is fine. That's what should happen in the first place. Mm-hmm. So now that now he's figured it out. I thought this bell thing, 
First of all, Davos actually says in the Battle of Blackwater, I've never known bells to say surrender. It means go to battle. And all of a sudden now, bells mean surrender. Yeah. Like, what are they talking about? That's just a totally flip on what they've written in the actual show before. A frustrating thing for me, and I guess my I, – I didn't mind the episode. I thought that's, – That's a clear theme throughout. Yeah. You don't mind these episodes. I thought visually it was a stunning. It was a well-done visually episode. I thought that was cool. I liked the Clegane Bowl. I thought the Hound going out like that was pretty cool, taking out his brother with him. Yeah, but you build this whole thing up about dying by fire, and yeah, I guess they they die into a pit of fire, mm-hmm. but he didn't see the fire. He saw a wall and tackles him through it. I, I think he knew, though. I, I would see. I, I yeah. don't think at all. I think I, that, that they just wrote that in there because they're ma- trying to make it symbolic that he dies by fire, which has been a whole thing. And and they allude to him having these powers of Azor's eye, right? And, and and not necessarily Zora's eye, but he's got he can see into the fire. Mm-hmm. He can see certain things, right? They could have done so many more mystical, fun things about that, and they just didn't. They just completely ignored that. I think as they. Well. I, I think the writers kind of sold out in the last season. I think they've made it clear that they were done, and so they're like, "We're done, and yeah. we're going to just call it a day." I, I thought first of all, okay, let's go back now. Let's talk about the, the couple of last things, Jamie and Cersei. First off, Jamie's just captured again. I don't know how that happened, mm-hmm. but he gets let go. That's fine. Jamie has zero character arc. All of a sudden, he's just back to with Cersei. And we're like, we're actually, I thought, made to feel sorry. Yeah. Sympathy for Cersei. Yeah. She needed to go in a much more brutal yeah, way. Like, she needed to get so lit up by the dragon or something. Arya stabs her, something. It was just so weak. And I, I don't know. My major, and we got to get moving on here in a second, but my major frustration with this episode was the multiple fake-out deaths for Arya and the Golden Company just being completely useless. Right, yeah. They're, they're, oh, they're there. They make this big thing about bringing them across the the river, or the river, the ocean, and they're all just standing there, and they're burned up. Now they're dead. They're just completely useless. That was a wasted plot point. Yeah, I agree with that yeah. 100%. All right, last episode. This is called The Iron Throne, May 19th, 2019. This is the lowest-rated episode of the entire series. So Danny returns to King's Landing, basically says, hey, I'm in charge now. I've beat everyone. She confronts Tyrion, throws him in jail for freeing Jaime. You know, and, and then Tyrion throws down his, his hand pin yeah. defiantly, right? Yeah, so then John visits Tyrion while he's in prison and heavily insinuates that John needs to kill Daenerys, which has already crossed the line of the tyranny. Love is the death of duty, John says. And then Tyrion says, duty is the death of love. In arguably the most anticipated moment of the last eight seasons, we then see Danny approaching the Iron Throne. So she's worked for her whole life, and she believes it's her destiny. Yeah, so John shows up, and they kind of go back and forth and argue a little bit. And eventually, John, they hug, and then John stabs Danny through the heart. And I think everybody knew that was going to happen when they yeah, started hugging. Yeah, oh, to- totally. Which, you know, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I think that they've led us to this point in the series that this is what had to happen. Could have happened a little bit better, but this is how it happens. Then we see the dragon show up. We think that he's going to maybe burn John, but John cannot be burned because he is a Targaryen as well, right? And instead, Drogon melts the Iron Throne down to lava, picks up Danny, flies away. Never to be seen or heard from again. No, Danny's dead. Except Br- unless Bran can find him. But anyway, sure. A council then of all the remaining characters is called regarding charging John and Tyrion for treason. It is decided that the council, comprised of Samwell Tarly, Brienne of Tarth, Sansa, Arya, 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 and Bran Stark, Gendry, Lord Davos, and more, must decide amongst themselves 
who will be the next ruler of the Seven Kingdoms? So Tyrion says, hey, why not it be Bran? Because he is the keeper of all the memories, the Three-Eyed Raven. And Bran all of a sudden becomes Bran Stark again. Or, yeah, or Bran, which is a frustrating plot point as well. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But, or Bran the Broken even comments, why do you think I came all this way? And then, of course, names Tyrion the Hand of the King. Yeah, and then so just some goodbyes. Grey Worm sets sail for Narth, the homeland of the love of his life, Masande. Arya makes another journey of her own, telling Jon she will likely never see him again because she is going west of Westeros, past where the maps end. Spinoff. I wish. I think it would be awesome. <laughs> and Sansa returns to Winterfell as its queen, which she has declared will be an independent nation from the rest of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, and so Jon's allowed to keep his life, basically has to go back to the Night's Watch, and then the last couple scenes we see he finally reunites with his direwolf ghost, which apparently it wasn't too expensive to make that happen in the last episode, which is nice of them to do. And then we see John riding with the free folk past the wall. Credits roll. Yeah, so just some very quick nerd facts here. When asked to sum up the season finale of Game of Thrones with one word, actor Kit Harrington answered, disappointing. Much to the interviewer's astonishment, then he added, no, epic. One of those. <laughs> yeah, and actually they asked George R. Mar- George R. R. Martin if he thought the ending of the show would be different from the ending of the books. And he says, no, basically they've had the conversation of how, how it's supposed to end, how they get there may be slightly, there might be slight variations, but as of 2019, it's going to end the same way. If it ever ends right. at all, George, please, if you're listening, please finish the books. Amelia Clark mentioned sarcastically in an interview that the season eight was the best season ever. When she was asked if she was satisfied with her character, she said, nah, she wasn't really proud. I shouldn't say proud, but. She didn't like the ending of her character. But then she says, however, in the end, she stated that she had made her peace with her character's ending. Your character makes a choice, and you need to be right with that. An actress should never be afraid to look ugly. We have uglier sides to ourselves. And after 10 years of working on the show, it's logical. Where else can she go? Put a kettle on, put cookies in the oven, and pop a few kids out. So, yeah, she said she's a Targaryen. She knew she was going to die. Yeah, so this episode was watched by a record 19.3 million viewers across all their platforms. So HBO on you know cable, HBO Go, HBO Now, exceeding the previous series high of 18.4 million viewers, which is the previous episode before, before that. And it's the most watched broadcast show or episode on HBO ever topping The Sopranos. Yeah, and it was the lowest rated episode of the entire series, specifically the only one that as of May 22nd has an IMBD rating below 5, and one of the only two with a rating below 6. Which, guess what season season those are in? That I do not know. It's, it's, it's the last season. The last season. Yeah. The la- this is kind of cool. The last scene of the show is actually the same location where the first scene of the show was as well. And it actually begins in the same way where the with the wall. In this case, the well, I guess the wall door still opens. And that's the same thing that happens in the first episode as well. Yeah. Uh, when Daenerys enters the throne room of the Red Keep, it appears very similar to her vision of it in the House of Undying in Game of Thrones, Valar Morghulis, 2012. With a collapsed roof and covered in snow, and it includes same music cues. A shot of her touching the arm of the Iron Throne mirrors a shot in her vision of almost touching it. Yeah, and Maester Aemon was once the true heir to the Iron Throne and denounced all titles when at the wall, which is what John is basically now, a true heir banished to the wall. Yeah, and, and my opinion is this episode, that's one of my, my biggest things. I'm like, why do we still have a Night's Watch? Right, you know the free folk are kind of our fr- are their friends now. The Night King is gone; he's dead. And then couldn't they have just? I was not. 
I was not a fan of this past episode. I was well. So there's there's like a there's a sitcommy moment where they're sitting with with the council and Sam says, "Let's have a democracy." And yeah, they that all was laugh. frustrating. That to me, a lot of fans are predicting that. That's almost like, a, "Hey, we're going to mess with the fans." If they had ended with the Republic, though, I would have been more angry than I am now. Yeah. Well, end. instead, we end with Brandon Charge, who honestly, if you think about it, it basically shows that he's he knows everything, right? What a bunch of selfish moves to get himself in charge. I think, and I saw this on Twitter, there's like a different ending that somebody made. How cool would it have been to find out at the end that Bran was actually the Night King? To me, that would have made that whole episode much better. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of things. um, And then, you know, John basically has to go. I mean, I guess it's symbolic that he's a free man. But, again, there's no Azora's Eye thing. Yeah. It just seemed... And if Sansa can gr- say gr- gr- we're an independent kingdom, why did the other six not say we're independent now? Right. Grey Worm's gone. Like, John doesn't have to be captured anymore. Yeah. Like, who cares? Like, see you later, Unsullied. Like, that John's was also free. a frustrating thing to me is after he kills Daenerys, we don't see anything that happens after. It's like, a, oh, four weeks later, this is what happens, you know? Yeah. Well, just, just like everything else, super rushed and I think yeah. lazy. All right. So overall thoughts of the season. What do you think? So in my opinion, I did not hate this season as much as everybody else did. I thought the big problem, I have no problem with any of the storylines. I don't have any problem with Daenerys going crazy. Bran becoming the knight, the king is a little frustrating, but I can see, and that's George R.R. R. Martin said that's what's going to happen too in his books. I just, I don't know how you go back and forth in the whole beginning of the season. He's, I'm, I'm not, not Bran. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's frustrating. But now I will be because I'm in charge. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's rushed. It needed at least three more episodes. If they had just, even if they had done a ten episode season in season seven, and a ten episode season in season eight, I feel like you can get a lot more. That's six episodes of more character. But that's what Game of Thrones made it so great was all the character building that they yeah, did, which they basically throw out the window. These character arcs just basically don't matter. Yeah. You've got Jamie who has learned nothing and goes back to where he essentially once began. Mm-hmm. You've got Cersei, who now seems like feels like she's the victim in this whole thing, yeah. right? And we're supposed to feel bad about the, that. The most frustrating oh. thing for me was John. Well, okay. What did it matter? He was a Targaryen. Yeah, R that plus L nothing. equals J means nothing, yeah. right? And Just, that's such a big theory going on. Why was he brought back from the dead? Yeah, right. John was a very, his character arc was useless. Completely. It absolutely was. The mystery shrouded behind him didn't make any difference. Same thing with Arya. He has all these – she has all these uh, masks and doesn't use a single one of them the entire time. Yeah, and then she's just riding off into the sunset. I, I don't know. I just think it was – just... It was definitely, in my opinion, the worst season of the show by far. Oh, yeah. And we lose a lot of character development. You lose – you know, John going north of the wall, I was fine with that, but – had he killed the Night King and fought, I would have been okay. Like that's why he came back. That's why. But, but Azora, well, like you said, he we don't. That's. I think we can agree that there were a lot of storylines that were left open. There were a lot of. I think what's frustrating for me, just to wrap this up, is I think that I feel like they ignored a lot of the storylines for potential spinoffs and additional money. Yes. And telling these stories later on, and that's very frustrating for someone who committed to this show for a decade. Yeah. And sure. it was so lazy and rushed and such terrible writing that I don't know if I'm going to be on top of watching a spinoff for a while. Yeah. I probably will, but I'm kind of pissed off about it right now. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. This is one of our longest episodes ever, which is not surprising considering the thoughts we had about the show. Yeah. So a little nerd outreach. Yeah. So thank yous. Obviously, as normal, thank you, Clayton High School, for letting us use your facilities. 
Thank you to my wife for letting me do this. I got a shout out to Jana, my wife as well, just because last night she helped me sit up and prep and we talked at great lengths. She has very more opinions about this, many more opinions about this. I think the wives need to be on an episode sometime. I think that could be an episode. Well, yeah, we'll see about that. (laughs) So you can hear us as always, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Just search Nerd is the New Cool. Yeah, and if you want to contact us, like or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Nerd is the New Cool Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Nerd is the New CO2. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear some future sh- show suggestions. Send them via email, nerdisthenewcoolpodcast at gmail.com, or any of the socials using hashtag nerdisthenewcoolpodcast. Yeah. And so right, thanks, thanks for listening to us. That was a long one. Love to hear your opinions as well. And uh, until next time. Yep. See you guys. All right. Bye-bye.